When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Berwick BMW has a range of re-owned vehicles ready for immediate delivery. BerwickBMW.com.au Robot Building Supplies. Robots got it. And deliver. RobotBuildingSupplies.com.au Sonos. Game-changing sound this festive season. Save now on ready-made speaker sets. The Run Home. With Andy and Gazy. No, no, it's with Dermot. And it's lovely to be here this uh, Wednesday I won't say I'm shocked, but I am genuinely, <laughs> genuinely surprised. I'm not really. Well, you've shocked us. <laughs> Why? As I say, good afternoon to you. Howdy. Well, what, what the, the, the few people who have gathered here about 40 minutes ago at the beautiful boathouse in Curry Harbour oh, have been exposed to a show of, uh, of, of your almost entire nudity uh, that we didn't really need to see, to be honest. I mean, well, we've we been didn't want you to lo- look. We've been having a lovely time, and then you decided that, you know, to just... Basically stripped down to the all together. You've kept your knickers on. I kept on. my undies on, and they're and like you've gone for a swim they're in like Harbour. they're like trunks. It's extraordinary, Mark. You and I have been up since five thirty a.m. We're unshowered, we're unshaved, <laughs> we're smelly. We've been on a golf course and uh, lashing it around everywhere, which was terribly enjoyable, uh, unbelievably ter- enjoyable. So and enjoyable. we we smell, <laughs> we and I reckon seawater is a better. Well, we've got the beautiful smell on me now than what I'm having to absorb from your side well, of the no, table. It's not me, it's the kelp you're smelling, the drying kelp down here in King Island. Well, if, if I we... can disseminate between that and your breath, I'll, <laughs> I'll let me be the judge we're, of that. We're down here for the second day, and what a joy. And it was refreshing, too. It was beautiful. An, oh, it's yeah. pretty cold. Mm. Uh, what an absolute joy it's been um, to be down here. We've been... <laughs> Beyondies have just blown away. <laughs> we've been uh, exposed to some of the glories of King Island, most notably from our perspective, other than the beautiful food, um, the two spectacular golf courses, Ocean Dunes yesterday. How good was the food last night? Yeah, well, we'll have a chat about that. And Kate Wickham today. Honestly, folks, and do, and if you played Cape Wickham and you want to join in this conversation, feel free to do so. Uh, we've got a big show coming up to cricket, golf with Jeff Ogilvy, Corey Homicide Williams, footy off the back of the Hawthorne board uh, meeting last night, and a subsequent um, shock resignation. I think it's fair to say of um, of Richie Vandenberg. Yeah. We'll have a chat to you about all of that in a moment. But if you've played at Cape Wickham in particular, and it's hard separating the two because they're both outstanding top. You they're know, like the course sisters. Well, they are. That's a very good point. I mean, Ocean Dunes is, you know, top 13 officially in Australia. Some might have it a bit higher than that. Wickham is three, I think, in the latest latest survey rankings. But I've heard many say that it's the best course they've ever played anywhere in the world. I think think it is my favourite course that I've played in Australia. Yeah. It, it, It might be the best course I've ever seen. There is a hole which I took a few photos of. The tenth, the par four down the hill, into down the, the hill. Yeah, amazing. It's not the hardest hole on the no. course, but you still got to get the drive away. It is glorious. The the, the natural amphitheatre going to the green and it frames the Southern Ocean in the background. And no matter where you stand, while you're looking at the green and the flag fluttering on the, and you, you you're above it, yeah. you look down. There is waves crashing everywhere around four, the back of it. Good four there today too, I think. 
Yeah, one of the few pars. Just for our golfing uh, experts out there, it was fairly difficult to uh, <laughs> land your drive somewhere on, on an area that had previously been cut. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we both broke. We both managed to break 100. However, which not everybody in the group. That that is with me giving myself a couple of generous numbers on the card with uh, from a. I tell you what you do watts. do as a golfer that's annoying. What besides many things. Go on. Get After and, the hole has been finished, yeah. we walk off and you drop your ball at the area where you've already putted from and hacked up your first putt and re-putt it. I don't do it all the time. I don't do that all the time. I did it here today. Because I didn't say you did it all the time. I said you do it and it's annoying. Well, I don't, if it annoys you, I'll do more of it. <laughs> that is that is a given. Very good. <laughs> um, but it, it was it, look, if you, if you play down here and you want to join in the chorus, um, let us know what, what you think of this place because we've, um, we've had, a, we had a couple of groups today went out together and sampled it. And, you know, there's a, a couple of blokes here who have played, you know, some golf courses all over the place. It's just absolutely magnificent, and unanimous was the verdict that um, it's. And you know the amazing thing that it's done. Whether this is by design, I suspect it probably is. That's what great golf course architects do. But it builds, and you get to the clubhouse, and then you've got fourteen through eighteen on the other side of the clubhouse, and you've you've been blo- your socks have been knocked off playing the first thirteen holes on this course, and then fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, just go to a whole new level. The last five holes on the course are. Beyond belief. Um, so, look, if you if you've been down here and you you know you you want to share your thoughts, are we overrating it to a degree by saying it's the best golf course <laughs> on planet Earth? We bumped into a couple of blokes today who are from the United States of America. A couple of oh, old boys from Georgia who have played it. Lovely in, accents. They, I love them. They played at uh, Pebble Beach, uh, Cypress Point, some of the great American courses, and they declared to us that this is better. If the Americans knew about this mm. joint, it'd be inundated with them. So maybe let's keep it a little quiet. We don't want King Island being overrun by yeah, gangs. Just the Victorians <laughs> who can get here. Hey, um, and also there's a few on the text, apart from the fact saying, yeah, really tough gig, you two, oh. which we, we admit we're yeah. privileged to have that opportunity today. Another aspect of this island we haven't even touched on yet, and some one of the locals reminded me of the time I came down here with that show, Getaway. Yeah. That was a horrible gig. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Travel in the world. You still talk about it, so you must yeah. have hated it, yeah. And they took me out to a place called Martha's Lavina Beach. Yeah, Martha's Beach. Lavina, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so I went for a surf there. They took us there. And the fellow who took me there, he said, you know who surfed here a few months ago? Yeah. Kelly Slater. I thought he was going to say Andy Ma. No, you didn't no, come up no, in conversation. No, um, Kelly, Slater. Kelly Slater went there and wanted to surf that break. And he brought with him yeah. a famous oh, person yes, yes. who is also a surfer. Yes. And he took him out there, but none of the locals knew who he was. His name was Eddie Vedder. That's all right. So Eddie Vedder, and how would right. you be if you're a local or you're down here on... You're a, you're a surfer, golfer. You come down for some golfing. Oh, well, I might go to that... Beach, they say, is really good for a surf. And you bump into Kelly Slater and Eddie Vedder. I reckon this is such a... Um, it's such a self-contained, lovely place that seems um, a bit separated from the uh, kind of cult of celebrity that you know a lot of people seem to adhere to. I reckon people like Eddie Vedder and Kelly Slater could Would walk around it. King Island. Yeah. And 
not too many people would be batting an eyelid. Yeah. I reckon they go, oh, yeah, oh, you're going, you're going, you're going. The one thing I will say about this, said that you got a lot of photos taken, don't I? Jeez, you were big in the bakery. Big. The girls in the bakery were they all over you? You've 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 got all over you've you. got our audience of two laughing here. I'm tipping out there in the radio wave airland or whatever we call radio land airway, whatever it is. Radio land no it. one's laughing. Well, I'm not trying to be funny. There were three women in there, and they said, no. can we please have a photo? And I said, yeah, most certainly. And then you said, can I have a photo That's with you too? True. That's not and true. You, with did you, you. Did you? With you. Oh, well, I, I refused you. you. Right. And then they said, all right, make him feel better. We'll have a photo <laughs> with you too, John. I said, no, his name's Andy. Uh, Johnny, speaking of John, John from Taylor's Lakes has jumped on the <laughs> Good on you, Johnny. The talk back line for Lawn Hub. Real Lawn Fanatics use Lawn Hub fertiliser. Don't ever forget that. Uh, Johnny, welcome to the show. G'day Andy, g'day Dern, how you going boys? Yeah, good, good mate, how are you going? Andy, you're on a bit of a roll the last week, I've been listening to you on the radio mate, and uh, you're on a bit of a roll, do you know why? Dropping me jeez. Mate, you've got about as much chance as milk and a stick here, as what you have getting, mate, as, as what you have getting a $25 slab of beer mate. <laughs> You've got too good a memory, Johnny. I do drop my juice a bit when I get tired, I, and I am very tired. I've had a big three you days. You, 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 but I, I have had a big I three I am days. reticent to hand you compliments. John, I don't like giving the, the numb nuts here a, a compliment, <laughs> but he has played You're five rounds of golf <laughs> in three days. <laughs> It's it's a Herculean effort by uh, you. Extremely difficult for a little ponytail, <laughs> Clifton Hill hippie beanie wearing, Vespa riding, mung bean eating. Rowing. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. yeah, you've hair done well. Ar- we got a hair under me arm. Well, I'd hope so. You're a bloke. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> Just uh, as long as there's a little I'd, bit of hair elsewhere. I'd love to. Have Are a you a man man shaper? What you know, like down south? Yeah, no. What, take it off? No, leave there what nature intended to be there. <laughs> would you, and, and if you weren't so bald, um, would you grow a ponytail like all no, your mates? No, no, it was never that way inclined. <laughs> no, never that way inclined. It wasn't my go. Uh, but it's a joy to be here. And if you're ever thinking about coming down here, stay for more than one night. Don't just get down here and, and then get out. Particularly if you are a golf fan, th- sample the two courses, stay a couple of nights. And if you're thinking about doing it, Southern Airlines is the way to go. Just get in touch with them. Cole and his team there are absolutely magnificent. Yeah, if you get good. a group of five, six, seven, eight of you together, the cost uh, of it becomes incredibly affordable. And then get down here and spend a couple of nights, play the two courses. And if you are listening to us and thinking, you know what, we should do that, April, May, June, the locals are telling me that um, they're super times of the year. Obviously, it gets a bit darker a bit earlier, the closer you get to the middle of the year. But... The weather becomes a bit more moderate and um, uh, before it hits the real bad part of winter. April, May, June. Mm. You're, you're saying it's moderate temperature here in June? No, I said before you get into the depths of winter, which is July, August. But temperate in June? No, I said moderate. Okay. That's what All I said. All right. Well, well, by King Island standards, what, a 15-degree day is pretty nice, isn't it? Well, the, that fellow who was chatting to us last night in the golf club mm. he said <laughs> summer starts in march and ends on the first of april <laughs> it doesn't mean it ends in march he said yeah that's we right get one yeah. day of summer <laughs> hey what, what's the it Richie... is beautiful though. so so we were talking yesterday about the hawthorne board situation and it's come to pass that andy gowes has been elected the next president of the hawthorne footy club and yep. you know his regime 
has already started. It seems, and the stories are coming out, that almost immediately Richie Vandenberg has done a power of work as a player and as, a, um, a, you know, as an administrator on the board, um, almost immediately tendered his resignation from the board. Do, do you know why he would have done that? I, I don't know, Richie. I, I, well, I do know him. I can say hello to him. I probably would have spoken to Richie over the course of his involvement with the club yep. and mine maybe a dozen times. Just, hi, Rich, how are you going? How's things? Blah, blah, blah. Just... I find him to be an incredibly direct person, an astute person, strong as, yeah. if I can use that. Yeah, you can. Strong as <laughs> in his willfulness, mindful, uh, in his willfulness to achieve. He is... Uh, I Man think of great integrity, right? That's oh, what says He's about just yeah. enormous yeah. that way. Yeah. He viewed himself, I would imagine, as part of the... The, the the previously led Kennet board and wanted to be part of the Nankerville um, yep. board. Yep. And no matter what gets said, I'm thinking carefully here because no, I don't no, want. It yeah. Like it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, you don't. Yeah, you're speaking on behalf of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, both sides, both sides of that election, probably played the man on bit, occasion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fair. And they played Richie, the man, on occasion. Mm. And I don't think Richie would believe that he can work with them now okay. after they've played him, yeah. the man, who had... Well, he's on the board under Jeff, so he said, yes, Je Jeff's our president, mm. and, and the president has endorsed another... Uh, person in mm. Nankerville to mm. become the new president, so he's aligned with that. And that, and 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 yeah, fair enough. The other side played the man as well. Both sides played the man, yep. but they played Richie, and I don't think Richie can, on his principles, Good can work okay. with them now. Well, that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? If that's I would think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, but, and that is, I think, a massive loss for Hawthorne. Mm. A massive loss at board level for Hawthorne. Mm. Well, particularly now that I get to have. Access to the Vandenberg wine range at club functions. It's very good. Too. Very good indeed. Very good. Yeah, you've had your fair share of freebies there. Oh, that's you a... ride on your wife's coattails a bit, don't you? Well, they're very impressive coattails. I do like Why don't we actually just have Emma on the show? Instead of me? Yeah. It's a much better show if you do. Yeah. So Jeff Kennett hasn't, hasn't gone quietly. He's calling... So I thought you'd bite more, wouldn't no, you? No, no. So Andy Gowers <laughs> is calling for unity straight away, and you can understand why. Both, both, both sides, if they had a one, would have called, would have called for, for unity, unity straight Jeff away. Kennett, Come on. Jeff Kennett didn't take long before he started throwing a few haymakers. This 15... Where, where do you do that? Well, straight up, well, I don't know who he spoke to, but the quotes are in front of me about this $15 million that he believes the Victorian state government withheld from Hawthorne because of Kennett's very strong views uh, in opposition to Do you, do you think Andrews. that is true? Uh, yeah, I don't think it would have helped. Well, I, I don't agree. think it would have helped. I agree, at all. but I think it's quite... I mean, in fact, it's, it's actually really stupid by Jeff. Jeff is such a political animal. If he's trying to get $15 million bucks out of a Labor state government... The best thing to the best way to do it is not to annoy as publicly and as often as he did the bloke who's going to control the issuing of those funds. So you give fifteen million to every organisation well, that is in need of it for the growing the environment of their football club in specific areas, 
but you have to pander to no, that. No, so if no, you speak no, your no. mind, you are risking the petulance of the state government to say, no, you're not getting your yeah, 15. Can, look, look, you, you can, you Is can, that what you're saying? You you, can, so you no. are catering to the petulance of the state government can, to say no. You can dress it up that way if you like. You, and look, I'm, not gonna, that, no, I'm not dressing it. That's right. what I reckon it is. Well, you, that's what I'm saying. Okay, fine, that's your opinion. I, I think You've it's agreed a, with me a second ago that it is. I'm not using the word petulance. Well, like why, did, why can't you have your opinion about a politician when you are not in politics? Well, politics. Yeah. Fair enough, you were a politician, but you're not in mm-hmm. it. Your opinion carries some weight. But can't you separate the two and, and award the same amount of uh, funds for the same need rather than... I'm not, I'm not copying that backlash verbally, so you're not getting $15 million. No, Why you, can't you do that? No, you can. Of course you can. Yeah, of course so, you can. So it's, so it's on Jeff Kennett and it's on Dan Andrews or whoever Dan Andrews is. That's fair. Were. That's fair it's to say. Yeah. It's on them both. So they've both dealt with the situation poorly and as a result, the $15 million have been withheld. It's clearly going to come now. James Molino is on the board, uh, former Labor, senior Labor minister. He's on the board now. They'll get the $15 million now, so it's going to happen. But uh, I think it's been handled really is poorly. There any, and Jeff's made that point loud and clear. Is there any... Is, so with night. Richie Vandenberg standing uh, down now, is there any news on... That's a vacancy. Yeah, I don't know, actually. Yeah, you, you, I mean, you're in a position... I'm not really... Uh, well, I can make some calls during yeah, the break. Let, let us know if you, like, if you want to. Otherwise, you just go and rip your gear off and go for another swim. <laughs> The latter sounds more inviting than embroiling myself back in club politics. poor crayfish who were just nestled under the water, minding their own business. You guys, can you smell him from where you're sitting over there, the other side of the room? Can you smell him? Yes, you can. (laughs) We, for robot building supplies, they've got it. And Berwick BMW's (laughs) pre-owned sale event is on this weekend. This weekend, folks... So that is the taste. That is the place to go if you're in the market. I'll tell you where the place to go is. Tub up. Go on. I'll be having a shower when I get home. Uh, it is the tradies out for Ace Gardens Australia. May build to last a break. More of the run home after this. Uh, great. No, no, Dermot. It's with Dermot Brereton uh, for the for the last time this year. By the way, it, this is this is it for us this year. So I oh, know you've been. No, I think I'm working tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really? I think so. Yeah. Back in the studio, eh? I won't say I'm shocked. Uh, I won't say I'm shocked, but there I am genuinely, <laughs> genuinely surprised. Are you really doing the Too show? Too slow, right? Rod. I beat you. Jeff Ogilvy, Corey Homicide Williams, all going to join us. A couple of locals down here on King Island are going to join us for a chat as well. Apropos to our last conversation, yeah, uh, there's some good texts that come in. Well, one was, uh, hey, Derm. Maybe they should have told ScoMo they needed a car park. <laughs> Very good. Did Andy just say something negative about Dan? I nearly drove off the road. Gab no. from Glen Iris. Yeah, maybe Look at you now. Get this all surly. No, but I'm not surly. Maybe people just need to listen a bit more. A bit more <laughs> no, you were fair. You time. were fair. Hey, Dominic's in Melbourne. He's jumped on the line. Let's have a chat about the Hawthorne board situation that resulted. Oh, he dropped out, has he? Dom's gone. So, oh. so, so Dominic's gone. I know Dominic. Prominent supporter from... Goes for the Hawks, yeah. What might have what, what, yeah. what might have he been ringing to say to you? He might, have, so well. he might have said what I've just received a half a dozen texts. I was, Will Pig now take up the uh, position on the board? He's done his time on the board. It is going to be interesting. You hear stories and about you know, personal dynamics, and you know we've obviously this has been a this has been. In fact, have we got Dominic back? Have we? Dom might be back. I think. Hey, Dominic, are you there, mate? I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. Sorry. No, you're right. Far away. 
Oh, I'm there. Sorry, yeah. Uh, look, I just want to... I just couldn't help but listen to what we said about, you know, about the Hawthorne money. Now it's going to come across because of the board people elected. But what we're basically saying there is we're just going, oh, there's corruption going on and it's just half of the course because that is... If that's the way it is, for the taxpayer dollars, making decisions based on, you know, who's going to support their political beliefs, that's, that's just corruption. Do we, do we understand that? Oh, I, I, don't, I don't think it was... Um, I don't think it was along those lines, to be honest with you. I think it's just... Um, Deep personal animosity between those two men, mm-hmm. and they let it. If you, you know, if you if you run it out and you get to the right place, and we, there's a lot of supposition in all of this, but um, these are just two men who let their personal animosity um, cloud their better judgment. I think I'd agree, Dom. I don't. I don't think you could term it corruption. I think yeah. it would be uh, just because of the personalities. They just. He, Decided, no, you're not getting it. Yeah. And if they were to award it now, it would it would underline the fact of why they didn't before. So they won't get it. Oh, Jeff Kennett's joyously waiting for that to happen, I think. Because A, the footy club will get it. They won't get it. And that'll be better. And then Jeff, Jeff can well, say, just, I told you this is going to happen. Emphasises everything he's already seen. Nice work from you, Stone Cold. Uh, tradies out for Ace Gutters, Australian-made. Built to last Dermot in the house. Uh, Gazy playing golf up at uh, up on the Gold Coast somewhere. And the big fella uh, sent a message before asking how we were going down here and passed on, you know. A, a She's brief, doing it tough. A brief synopsis. Yeah. And I uh, said, how are you hitting him up there? And it, it, Gazy can spray it a bit. And, you know, those Gold Coast courses, they're pretty tight. Jungle on either side of the fairway. Well, land is money up there. Yeah, and yeah. They, the resort courses, they don't like to. Gazy needs a bit of width off the tee. <laughs> He needs a lot of width off the tee. And he said, haven't produced my best form up here just yet. <laughs> in, case, in case anybody's interested. He hasn't, he's got the touch of a wildebeest he's two actually, around the greens. For a man of his size, I will say, and it hurts me to say this, he's, he's a, a strong 14 handicapper. And, and, he can, and he can go, he can play to it easily. And with a little bit... I've played with him. He's a much better player than you think he'd be capable of being standing that far away from the golf You've struck him on some good days, haven't well, you? I've played with him a few times now. And he's... Uh, remar- I, 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 I'll, if he was in the room with me now, I wouldn't be saying this. But he's a very neat golfer for who's, a man of his size. Who's the... Of, of all the recognised people, whatever we call them, celebrity status, whether they're sports... Okay, no, let's leave it at sports. Other sports... Say league footballers, who's who's your best player? Who's that the I've best seen. golfer that I've ever seen? Yeah. Oh, Goddard's pretty good. Goddard, yeah. Corey McKernan. Yeah, I played with him a million years ago. I did a thing on Inside, a Scraps. feature on Inside Footy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Scotty Waters like a, is a brilliant golfer. No, you were telling me about that on the yeah. way here. Yeah. yeah. Damien Fleming. See Judd. He's going to join us on. <laughs> he's going to join. I don't know about Juddy. I don't think he's much of a golfer, is he? No, I wouldn't think he's. No, he's got his nose in the thin review too much to be a good no, golfer. No, Beck wouldn't let him. Out of the house for six hours, I wouldn't imagine. Oh, hello. Controversial. What's controversial about that? Well, I would have thought that Chris is his own man and able to go and have a round of golf. Go and earn money, (laughs) Chris, and then come home. There's a couple of people who are very interested in getting more thoughts from you about the Hawthorne situation. Really? I'm I'm done with it now. No, you are not. This is uh, one of the the story du jour. Spiros in Carnegie, he's one of those. Uh, 26 to 4. All right. Is this a text or has he called in? He's called in. We're about to hear his beautiful voice. Good afternoon to you, Spiros. How are you, um... Andy, I haven't spoken to you for ages because you've switched time slots uh, 
Uh, long time no speak. And, oh, I am the Scarlet um, Pimpernel, mate. You can seek me here, you can seek, seek me there, there, you can seek me, seek me everywhere. Or whatever they said. And, uh, yeah, that, something like that. Was that Scaramouche? Speaking. Um, yeah, and a pleasure to be speaking with you too, Derb. Um, I was just Cheers, thinking mate. sort of something outside the dust. The new ground that they're building for Hawthorne uh, for their mm. training, etc. Dingley. Yep. Yep. Now, is, is there any chance, why couldn't have that have been actually built as a proper stadium for, uh, for actually AFL? I mean, I know out that area that everybody says, oh, you know, it, it rains and it's cold and that, but, you know, and... And the transportation's not right. But, you know, we're talking something like, I don't know, 40 years ago and the population wasn't there. But I don't know how long ago Waverley was closed. I um, stopped playing footy there. But couldn't they have not made, uh, and even if they had got together with the state government before they did all this and said, well, you know, we'll organise transport, you know, we'll, we'll build something to railway. Is, could they have not have done that, guys, do you think? Well, or build a ground out there that you can play AFL matches at, Spiros. Correct. Yeah. But in those, yeah, yeah, it sounds really feasible and reasonable now. But in those days, you had clubs in their the grounds of their region, their home region. There was no home club there. There was St Kilda at Linton Street, Moorabbin. Uh, they moved down there from the Junction Oval many, many years before. So there was no team there. The AFL are one of the few organisations of elite sport in the world that built their own ground and weren't allowed to play their own final series at that ground. No point getting political about it, but the state government at the time refused to allow a train line to go out to Waverley Park. You know what they might do? They'll never be AFL. I've worked at the AFL in that era, and that is why there was no grand finals out there, and they would have leveraged that against the MCG at the time for a better deal for the situation. I, I reckon they might look at what... Brisbane's done up at Springfield Spiros and and uh, create a venue and a and a yeah a footy ground up there that could house VFL AFLW matches. I, I'd be I'd be surprised if Hawthorne didn't create build that into the Dingley premises and give itself a clean stadium that it controls that it owns as and, in a, as in a community type stadium. Yeah, but you can you, you know, could get funding eight, for that, Andrew. Eight, eight to ten. Th- well, well, there might be fifteen million finding its way. Might have already been deposited <laughs> into the Hawthorne Tim bank account. Won't. Hey, Spiro, I bet you it comes. I bet you they get it. No, they won't. won't Fif- get it. There's a fifty dollar groove train voucher coming your way, Spiro. Thanks for your call, mate. Stewie's in Braybrook. Before we get to the break, uh, good afternoon to you, Stu. Yeah, g'day, boys. Look, I've, you, you posed a half-to-half posed a question about the uh, AFL players that play golf. Jason yep. Johnson, who I'm sure Derm played against at some stage as a footballer, Jason Johnson plays off plus two. Yeah, no, that's so strong. He, he gets pretty that's close a strong to being mark. And, but the, the, the big one, the one that I think no one can possibly beat, is Ryan Houlihan used to play off scratch right-handed and two left-handed. That's Gary Sobers-esque. Is that fair income? Uh, well, according that. to Stewie, it's fair income. I'll take your word is that for the that, right, is that Ryan Houlihan, uh, get, correct me, did yeah, I cut. play with him at... No, who was cut. the Hools I played with at, at uh, Collingwood? Yeah, no, no, that was... He wasn't uh, a bad player. Yeah, no, he's... Um, no, it wasn't Ryan. That I just was, remember him as Hulls. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't the a bad full, player. The young full forward who never quite was... Yeah, yeah 190, yeah, 191 yeah. centimetre. Yeah, he yeah, was a yeah. good player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's Jason Johnson's off... Was off plus two. two. I did. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, he'd broken his scratch mark. A well, while the little ago. poison dwarf Scotty Waters was off plus uh, plus one point three. I well, think. that's that's good, but yeah. it's not plus two. Hey, Stewie. No, you've correct. won a Trojan Tools DIY essential tools back coming your way. Dominate Christmas. 
gifting with Trojan Tools, trade quality at DIY prices. What? And with a lifetime guarantee. Damien Fleming is going to join us. It's hard to believe, oh, isn't it? Did you know the first test against South Africa starts this weekend? Up at the gamut? Not until you asked me about three minutes ago. Well, and... I wanted to ask you on air. It okay, starts right, this okay. weekend. Flem's going to talk about how important that series is from an Australian. We get a real cricket. test out we now because a we lot do. of I heard Gazy the other day said maybe we're underselling Australia against West Indies. No. Let's have a chat to Flem, who's a very good golfer as well, and we'll tell you so on the other side of the break. <laughs> no, no, Dermot. Uh, we're from King Island. We're coming to you from the boathouse in Curry Harbour, where Dermot's already um, gone skinny dipping. I did. A little I was early this in afternoon. togs, thank you. A little earlier this afternoon. Damien oh, Fleming joins us to talk up the impending South African series. Flem, you should have seen him. Stripping the gear off, uh, wanders out there in the frigid six-degree water. A real look-at-me, look-at-me type. Yeah, uh, in front of Andy. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Dad's our tech, and that's it. And a couple of wooden chairs. Yeah, look at me. Turn the other way, numbnuts. How are you, Flem? Flem. Hey, how are you guys going? <laughs> yeah, we're battling. <laughs> We've had a, hey, Damien, we spent a lot of time together, Dermot, and I in the last two days, and uh, we, we, it's fair to say that we're a breaking point, I would think. That's, 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 that's about right. Now, one of us is going to break. Hey, Damien, well, you, uh, have you... You try, you, know, you try rooming with Merv Hughes for six years now <laughs> in the Victorian thing. Hey, we're, we're down at King Island, Flip, just before we talk about the cricket. Have you been down... You're a very fine golfer. Uh, really, You can really stripe it on the odd occasion you get onto it. Um, have you been down here and, and sampled the Ocean Dunes, Cape Wickham, uh, uh, Quinella down here? Nah, love to, love to. Uh, how good is it down there, boys? It's as good a golf course as you'll ever see, mate. Ocean Dunes oh. is very good, like very, very good. Cape Wickham's better, and Cape Wickham might be the best golf course I've ever seen. Oh, you've, you've, he's just spilled the beans on that one, Flemmy said, and Cape Wickham's better. You've been yeah. at pains to say they're both equally as no, good over the no, last no. couple of years. You no. just said it's better. No, I haven't been, I haven't been saying they're as good as one another. I have not said that. So that's the well, first Andy, time. Well, how Andy, are, yeah. you, are you still short off the tee along with your putts? What's happening yep. there? Thank you. That's what I do, Damien. That's Flynn. That's exactly what I do. I was do. sure at one stage today <laughs> he left the uh, wood cover on. <laughs> I, my club, I played five rounds in three days and my club head speed. Oh, that's right. My yeah. credit speed was probably getting up to about 65 kilometres an hour at one stage today. So Hit him all right. there wasn't and a lot of velocity being generated, that's for sure. And well done on that too, Andy. Great stuff. Flem, how different is the – like, is it going to be unrecognisable, the difference between the opposition that South Africa are going to pose to us uh, than that we saw from the West Indies? In the bowling um, stocks, definitely. Like, they've got – um, four quicks who are as quick as our fastest bowlers. So our batsmen um, are going to they're going to have to be be able to play off the back foot. They're going to be tested big time. I mean, you, 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 we've seen Rabada before. He, he's been yeah. a dominant bowler against us for years. You know, two hundred and fifty-seven Test wickets at twenty-two. Um, Nagidi's probably not as as quick as Rabada, but he's fine. But Norkia. Um, you know, big, strong, fast bowler right over the top. Um, he, he'll do a lot of the um, hostility work, a, a lot of deliveries between hip and shoulder. And then they've um, got a, a big, fast bowler called Marco Johansson, a uh, big six foot seven swing bowler who bats pretty well as well. But he, he's not as fast as Mitchell Stark, but definitely moves the ball in the air. And they've got Maharaj as their spinner. So 
Bowling-wise, you know, they're right up there with the best um, in the world. So just to put it into perspective, Flem, just if we just step backwards for a second, if we would, if you, you had the ability to say, right, ranked, in world rankings, what number would the West Indies as a test nation, what would you have them at at the moment? If, we, if we're competing um, to be the number one test team in yeah. the world, where, where are the Windies? Yeah, well, they're 8, 9 or 10th. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're at Bangladesh's level. Yeah, and South Africa, even away from home, they're much like a hard Aussie team, aren't they? They just never never give up, and they are just... Uh, Nortier, he, oh, Nortier, uh, he is a, an absolute beast with the pill. He He's electric quick. Yeah, and you've got to remember their record out in Australia. I think they've beaten us in the last three series out here. So, you know, these conditions, um, certainly from a fast bowling perspective, don't worry them at all. I, I think we've got the edge in the batting, yeah. but it's also how we, um, you know, they, they've got the ability to bowl us out. And we saw at times with Alzari Joseph, the, the sole West Indian pace uh, bowler, you know, he, he did unsettle Warner, Labuschagne and Travis Head with the short pitch bowling. But there was and no Kawaja, would you say Kawaja as well? Yeah, Us- Usman can play it reasonably well. The thing about Usman, he'll also take it on. So um, you might go for runs when, you, when you're bowling short at Usman, but you also, if you've got two back, he has to play that shot really well, doesn't he? So, hmm. um, and even Stephen Smith has changed his technique, you know, front on to more side on because he felt like he wasn't getting out as much to the short ball, but he wasn't scoring. Um, you know, we saw that Wagner from New Zealand bombarding with shorter balls. So I think that's exciting that we've got um, an opposition that's really going to shake it up. Um, but they've got to get runs against us as well. That, that's going to be a massive factor here. They don't have anyone, I'd say, that's um, anywhere near the top 10 batsmen in the world. Algar, the captain's got runs against us before. Um, it's gritty. But they're, they're just going to have to contribute, work as a team, to, to build totals that their bowlers can um, obviously defend. Now that we're seeing uh, Travis Head uh, enter the, uh, you know, the middle order-ish area... Are we just about to enter into a mini era of transition? Is Davey Warner going to be transitioned out? And who who can you see after this series, or maybe maybe even a little later this summer, someone will um, step into the very top order? Yeah, there's no doubt Dave Warner needs runs. Um, you know, it's been a couple of years since he scored a Test 100. We're also going... He's going up against a full-blooded pace attack we've spoken about. Also, we go to India, where I think he averages 24, and then we go to England, where he averages 26. So we want him to hit those tours in form. Um, if, if there's going to be replacements... I mean, Marcus Harris is already in the squad, so that's a natural one in... Obviously, Harry needs to make a significant innings at test level, obviously over 100, to, to, to actually say to himself that he you know, he can be a long-term opener. And the other one's Matty Renshaw, who debuted as a 20-year-old, got a test 100, did OK, and then has sort of transitioned the last couple of years to a middle-order player, good, good and better in white ball cricket, but now he's gone back to opening for Queensland, 
and getting a lot of runs. So I think we've got options, and that's what you want. You want pressure on for spots because Dave's 36, Usman's 36. Um, you don't want them to go at the same time either, do you? You want to actually no. be blooding one at a time. So I think the way the last 12 months have gone, it's, it's worn it. It's obviously under, under more pressure than Kawaja. Flem, I've been a bit busy the last couple of days. I haven't caught up on any of the Pat Cummins news, but I'm, I'm going to assume that he's going to play in this test against South Africa. Uh, that being the, correct me if I'm wrong, but th- that being the case, you're the selector. What, what's your bowling lineup for Australia look like? Yeah, we, we obviously at the, the Adelaide Test match. Paddy was bowling in the warm-ups from probably day two, so that suggested to me he, he'll be fit and playing. Then it gets down. Hazelwood's out, I think, um, yep. for the first two Test matches. So um, I, I'm going Boland over Nisa. I think Nisa bowl really well in those conditions. Um, I know the Gab is his home pitch, but the way that Boland bowls, his natural bouncy length in that uh, that Boland Boulevard of bewilderment that I talk about. <laughs> Three wickets in one over there, Dern. Uh, six for seven against the Poms last year. Um, yes. that, that will hold up anywhere, his natural line and length bolo. He just constantly tests um, the batsman's technique. So... How good's that bolo? Wickets against um, South Africa up in the Gabba, and we get to see the big fella back at home um, Boxing Day. And the Boulevard of Bewilderment is different to the Avenue of Apprehension. Of course it is. Of course it is. No, it's, it's the same. It's just... Trying to give you a job out there. Uh, hey, Flair, uh, if, you've uh, any, if you've got any suggestions, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> you yes. are one of, the, uh, one of the great voices of an Australian summer these days. Yep. Of course, part of the SEN cricket team. Every ball live across the SEN network of the South African series. You can see your mug and hear your voice on the seven cricket team as well. You'll be here, there and everywhere. And our viewing and listening experience... The channel is of be- chance. ...is better. <laughs> He's better for it. Flem, uh, good calling. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, gentlemen. Good luck together. Thank you. See you, mate. Only got an hour and a half to go. Damien Fleming joining us. Let's get to the break. No, no, it's Dermot. Uh, great to have you with us this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, the, the blue skies have started to appear here on King Island, which is a little distressing because we've been playing under leaden skies for the last two days with a howling southerly coming inside us, icy winds and icy rain slapping us in the eyeballs. Uh, and really testing our capacity to get the white ball around both Ocean Dunes and the magnificent Cape Wickham. And right here, right now, Dermot, it looks beautiful. If we could go out right now and play, I'd I'd fancy myself. Well, absolutely. And where we sit right now... Curry Harbour, both ends, yep. And we're just... There's a beautiful, calm little bay next to us, and we get to look out, I'd estimate, 400 metres out in the mouth of that bay... (laughs) You've got six foot thunderbolts steaming <laughs> through. That's true. That any world surfer would turn his nose up and go, "No, that's a little, that's a little hairy." It's a little hairy. Yeah, it's a little woolly. That, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, if you if you haven't, if you've been thinking about getting down here, uh, and we're going to keep saying it for the rest of the show, I might keep saying it for the rest of my life. It's good. It's magnificent, King Island. It's uh, it's all sorts of pure uh, natural delights. But you've also now got two world-class golf courses. If you happen to be that way inclined, we've been lucky enough to play both of them the last couple of days. And uh, fair to say, Kate Wickham turned us inside out today. It got the better of us, but I cannot wait to get back on the first tee and play that golf course again. I think it's got that kind of capacity about it. John Geary 
is the man or one of the people responsible for Cape Wickham, uh, highly regarded Australian core super and um, part of the management group and the building team that put Cape Wickham on our maps. And, John, for that, as we welcome you to the show, can we say thank you very much? You have created something that, for those of us who love golf, um, will forever be in your debt, mate. It is a magnificent golf course. So to you and your team, uh, congratulations. Yeah, day, Andy and, and Derm, and uh, it's great to have you down. So, uh, yeah, uh, great to have you on board. Did it, did it, exit, so what is it, seven or eight years ago, um, the, the, you know, the, the first tee shot would have been played at your golf course. Has it, has it exceeded even your own imagination when you saw the land and started thinking what might be possible with it? Oh, look, um, when I first arrived, it, it didn't take long to realise we we've got something pretty special there. So uh, leave it up to others to rank it and what have you. But, um, yeah, it's certainly uh, taking the golfing world, world by storm. There's no doubt about that. It still takes an imaginative eye, doesn't it? I mean, to look at that. But right, down you here, you almost look in any direction and you go, oh, I can see a par four just wrapping around that, <laughs> that dune that's covered in grass. I can see that valley there. There'll be a, a green between there. Everywhere you look, there is a golf course in the making. And Cape Wickham, you must have just came across that and thought... God's actually pinpointed this for me here and said, make a course. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, doing business on King Island some, can, be, can be tricky. I think the, uh, the original developer, Duncan Andrews, who owns the dunes on the Morning Peninsula, yeah. he very quickly realised that um, it can't be just good. It's got to be absolutely world-class. And um, one a, a routing up in the hills initially, but one of the keys to the success of Wickham is that uh, is the holes all obviously all along the ocean, and that's all on crown land. So we had to get a uh, had to get a long term lease on that land, and that's what uh, that's what sort of realised the the golf course that we've got now. It, it's a, it's a massive statement, and I'm no great golfer, so I'm not qualified to make it. But for the dozens upon dozens of courses I've played in Australia, the most beautiful hole. I have seen in Australia is the 10th on Cape Wickham. When you come over the crest of the hill and you look down in the valley to the sea and you see that green framed by the Southern Ocean, I've never seen a more beautiful hole. Yeah, no, you're right, Dan. Um, holes 10, 11, 12, we call OMG Corner. Because everyone gets to the brow of the hill on 10 and just goes, oh, my God. And everyone gets the cameras out. And uh, they're pretty damn scenic holes. They're great holes. But what about 14 through 18, John? I mean, you get to the clubhouse and you put your order in for your tucker that you're going to get stuck into in about 45 minutes. And then you go out and play 14 through 18. And it, it almost feels like that, you know, from a visual kind of enjoyment of the golf course, it almost feels like it goes to another level. Yeah, no, you're true. that We call that the lighthouse loop, 14, 15 out to the lighthouse, 16, 17, 18 back along the ocean. Um, yeah, they're uh, truly super spectacular and, um, yeah, great golf ho- golfing holes as well. So of the absolute world-class golfers who've, who've been down here or the best players who've played it, who's come here and, and said what about Cape Wickham? Oh, look, we had Steve Elke. Only a couple of weeks ago, so uh, well, he, he brought a group of Americans out. Pardon? 
He played both courses. He was at the Ocean Dunes as well. Yeah, he played both courses. Yeah. I probably need to pull you up on that, boys. There's actually three courses on King Island. That's right. It's a little so um, yeah. nine-hole at King Island Golf and Bowling Club. It's a great course as well. So yeah. worth a play for anyone who comes down. Um, it's probably fair to say it's not the level of the other two, but it's certainly a great little track. Again, yeah, no, no, um, Steve Elkington has, has been down. We've had Ryan Fox out playing as well. Um, and yeah, they've been universal in their praise, which has been fantastic. John, how much do you need to um, to to cater to the types of visitors you're going to get to a place like yours? How much do you need to? You've got some accommodation on the golf course, and it's you know beautiful, obviously. But do you, is it screaming out for further, uh, you know, careful and considered development? There's no doubt about it. Much greater infrastructure. We've really only got the temporary clubhouse at this point in time. But we, uh, Wickham's owned by a Vietnamese company called Vinpearl. Um, yeah. And they're, they're a multi-billion dollar company and we have uh, massive plans for expansion at Wickham. Um, Club accommodation, potentially second course as well. well where, if there was to... Would you be anticipating opposition to any of that coming to fruition? Oh, not really. The locals have embraced the, the, the development of both courses. Um, yeah, no, I'm not expecting there to be any real, real opposition. So there's there's a feeling of yesteryear when you come down here. Yeah. I, I liken it to growing up on the Morning Peninsula in the 1970s. There's that sort of feeling. It's a, it's still not developed to the to the point that the, like the peninsula has now. But there's that feeling. Do you do you believe that the locals will embrace a bit of change, which will make it uh, bring it up to the 2020s? Oh, yeah, as long as we don't impact on the lifestyle too much. But, yep. you know, I, I grew up on uh, in Melbourne, um, still got a house in Rye on the Morning Peninsula, but the freedom you've got down here is just fantastic. You know, I go fishing, just I take my four-wheel motorbike down on the beaches. It's just uh, it's a, it's a great lifestyle over here. There's no doubt about that. And I'm similar to you, Dan. It reminds me of the Morning Peninsula back in the, in the early 80s. So Yeah. So, yeah. John, I, I don't know whether you're in a position to, to sort of answer this, but when you put, you know, Barn Boogle and Lost Farm and Cape Wickham and Ocean Dunes together as a, as a single, you know, golfing destination, uh, and, you know, you put it up against the Sandbelt and, you know, and you know, Bandon and, and, you know, north of Scotland and all the great golfing destinations on the planet, where does it sit for you? Oh, it sits right up there. You've got, well, Tassie's got the top four ranked uh, public access courses in the country. There's another course being built near uh, Hobart Airport at the moment, named Seven Mile Beach, which is going to be the real deal as well. There's also another course flagged for Hobart uh, at Arm End. So, um, yeah, certainly a great golfing destination. South Arm, is it? Is that what it is? get a lot of international guests. They'll come to Melbourne and then fly over to. King Island and on to, on to um, Barnboogle and then a lot go to New Zealand. So there's a real, real loop that, that, that international golfers in particular do. Mate, thanks for coming on the show. We know you're a bit under the weather and it would have been nice to meet you in here, but we appreciate you uh, picking up the phone and having a chat to us. Thanks to uh, everybody at the club thanks, for making thanks, us feel boy. so welcome out there today. It was, it was a joy to be part of it. Yeah, no, it's great. Great to have you, boys.
Thanks. Good on you, Thanks, John, John. John Geary, who's part of the team that have put together um, Cape Wickham, one of the world's uh, uh, most incredible golf courses. So uh, we've said it once and we'll say it again. Uh, if you're thinking about having a trip with, you know, family or friends, uh, give the team at Southern Airlines a call. Book a flight. It's You can make it uh, incredibly affordable for you. And stay down a couple of nights. If you're looking for a venue, there is a place called Netherby Rocks where we're lucky enough to be put up at for the last couple of nights. And if you've got five or six people, it's a five-bedroom joint. Five or six people coming down here together, you can split the cost of that and you may not want to leave the house. It is that nice. Yeah. I, I, I get embarrassed by cash for comments type oh, no, stuff. I oh, know, I oh, know. And, oh, no. and I feel embarrassed when I try and sell something like... But even if we weren't brought down here by the the powers that be, yep. I'd still sell this well, you, verbally. Yep. It's just in, insanely good. That's exactly right. And um, I'm the same as you. It doesn't sit comfortably with me that you um, that you know you, you feel obliged to do that. But in this case, um, got no claims whatsoever. No, no, talking it up, no, it is. No. And that is true. If you can see on on even the website, if they've got a picture... Well, it, won't got, do, it won't do it justice. It won't. No. The 10th hole at yeah, Cape no. Wickham. Yeah. It is the most beautiful approach to a golfing hole in Australia. OMG corner, I like the sound of that. Yeah. It goes all right, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Are we going to break out of the way? It's uh, coming up to a quarter past four here on this Wednesday afternoon. We're in the boat house at Curry Harbour. Where else in the world would you rather be? Got the Can windows it, open now. Well, that's right. It's, it's uh, a beautiful warm breeze coming in. We'll have a break. A bit more golf on the other side of this. Jeff Ogilvy's got his second version oh. of the Sandbelt Invitational coming up. Uh, we'll have a chat about why that is such an important, potentially such an important tournament in the Australian schedule and what amount of a chat to him about a few other things on the way through that's coming up after the break lesson. no that's Dermot Dermot coming to you from mm. uh, King Island having had the opportunity to play on these two magnificent golf courses Danny for the last couple of days and just around the corner we just got a text from one of our <laughs> listeners saying shut up about the bloody <laughs> golf courses <laughs> well, we'll read out your text like that as well no that's right <laughs> yeah. well golf's not everyone's cup of tea Correct. but it's certainly ours and there's a lot going on at the moment <laughs> And uh, to that very, very end, uh, the Sandbelt Invitationals, uh, not far away, being an event that showcases uh, some of the very best names, men, women, boys, girls, on four of the great golf courses uh, in Victoria. It's the brainchild of Jeff Ogilvy and a couple of his mates and the major champion and one of Australia's all-time greats have been good enough to join us to tell us how we're going in the lead-up to the second iteration. Jeff, how's it all coming together? Yes, Andy, it's pretty good. Um, pretty exciting. Obviously, we had a couple of good tournaments there with the PGA and Australian Open sort of back in the mix uh, last week in Cathedral, which was great. But um, just getting excited for the Sandbelt now, yeah. Does it feel to you, you've been around the game, you know, on the front line for, for a long time now, does it feel to you like golf is, and you're part of this, does it feel like the game, particularly here in Australia, is starting to get its head around the fact that it needs to be adventurous and, and, and try new things and see where they go? I think so, yeah. I mean, I think it's been a tough sort of 20 years, probably post, um, I don't know, post Greg Norman not playing anymore and um, uh, just the US Tour sort of taking so much of the schedule. And um, yeah, it's just been sort of an awkward period. And I think we, we, I think we focused a little bit too much on we don't have the prize money and we don't get the players to the tournaments. And I think we're sort of starting to realise now if we just put on really good events, 
you know, people will come and watch. People will watch them on TV. And eventually the players are going to come. I mean, if you look at the best events in other sports, it doesn't really matter who plays the grand final. It's the grand final's great. It doesn't matter who plays. Same as the Melbourne Cup. Same as the Australian Open Tennis. And I think if we can start just putting on great golf events, people love golf. When you put them on, they come. Um, I think if we, we focus on great events, then, then good things will happen. Hey, Jeff, can you explain the, the, the format to me of what, what we're talking about here with the, the Sandbelt Tournament? Yeah, well, basically, it's sort of, as a lot of things, it came out of the pandemic and we had that announcement last year, sort of October or so, that we weren't going to have the Australian Open again and we were sitting around a bit frustrated about the whole thing and so, well, what can we do? Can we put on something? And it was obviously very late in the mix, so we thought, well, why don't we get something on the sandbelt and see if we can get the best players we can find and put them all in there and sort of have a little competition. And we worked out that, well, it's very late in the mix, so let's have four courses. Let's get four courses, four days, and have the best pros and amateurs, men and women, and let them all compete. And it sort of grew from there. So we've got Kingston Heath, Royal Melbourne, Yarra Yarra, and Peninsula Kingswood in that order, which is a treat for anybody, I think, to play those four courses in a row. But we have them in great condition, and we have... There's 70 or so players in the field, so there's, and it's sort of broken up into quarters. Quarter male pros, quarter female pros, male amateurs, and female amateurs, and sort of the groups are mixed in, so, so the young boys get to play with the pro girls, and the young girls get to play with the pro men, and the whole thing, and it's sort of, it's got some mentoring aspects as well. And we just go, we just go four days in a row at four different courses, and, and, and sort of have a tournament and see who wins in the end. It's um, sort of a, I guess the basic sort of, if you wanted the sales pitch, it's the best call. It's the best golfers we can put on the best courses we can find and have a nice tournament. So, um, yeah, that's the basic premise. Now, the, the these clubs are wonderful, wonderful premises. They're beautiful courses. Is is the the tournament? Do they contribute to the the bringing up to absolute tour grade? status or is it incumbent on the club to actually get it into that pristine tournament status themselves well i mean those these courses we're talking about generally pride themselves on their conditioning and how well they're presented yep. on, a, on just on an everyday basis so generally they're all in pretty good shape and i think one of the added bonuses we found out of last year is when you have a tournament that's celebrating how great these courses are and you have four of them in a row well Kingston Heath wants to look better than Royal Melbourne, you know, and Royal Melbourne's like, well, they're not going to be showing up by Peninsula Kingswood. So that's sort of that little ego sort of competition between the superintendents and the clubs. It's like, well, if they're going to put on their best, we're going to put on their best. And so it, it naturally just creates this sort of healthy sort of rivalry and they all put themselves in such immaculate condition last year. Um, and I, I, I can only imagine that they'll be the same again. And Peninsula Kingswood, that's a magnificent premises there. There's two courses there. Uh, what do you do about the the option of two courses? Well, last year we played the south course, which everybody fell in love with, as everybody usually does when they go play down there. It's such an it's such an incredible sort of eye candy place. It's just sort of a place out of your dreams when you go play there. Um, we played the south last year. We're going to play the north this year. So they've rotated us to the other course, which I think is great for everyone in the field. They get to experience the other version of it, which is similar but a little bit different. I'm sure if you guys have played there, so. Yeah, um, West Course at Royal Melbourne out of those two choices and North Course at um, Central Kingswood. Jeff, we're talking to Jeff Ogilvie about the Sandbelt Invitational, which is on 
19, 20, 21, 22. I've got the exact dates in front of me, but I think I've got the dates right. Correct me if I'm wrong. If, no, you're right. I'm, Absolutely. I'm, yep, there you go. Jeff, how do we keep getting you're, – you're, you know, you're as interested and you're as worthwhile listening to about golf course architecture and course design as anyone. Derm and I have been down here on King Island the last couple of days. He's been to Wickham before I haven't. We got to play Ocean Dunes yesterday in Cape Wickham today. Cape Wickham is spectacular, and it's only been around for eight years. How is it that in a game like yours, where history and tradition is so important – you may challenge the premise of this question – but um, how is it possible that golf courses keep getting better? That is actually interesting. I don't know. Well, I think architecture over the last 20 years, as you say, there's been some incredible stuff, including Cape Wickham and Ocean Dunes and Barn Burgle Dunes and um, sort of abandoned Dunes, which are similar places in the US and Sand Hills and some great stuff that's sort of happened the last 20 years. But really, the best courses were all built in the 20s and 30s. Um, a hundred years ago, generally because, well, it, it would, there'd be lots of different schools of thought on why this happened, but they had less machines and less money, so they just yeah. used what what God gave them and went over the land that they had. And generally, God's a better shaper of land than a man, <laughs> yes. and it looks more natural. And as you'll find at Cape Wickham, it, it's such a natural feeling, special place that we've sort of we've discovered, I think it just, there was a light bulb moment 20 or 30 years ago, a guy called Tom Doak built a, built a few places and everybody's like, well, hang on a minute. Wow. That's a much better way to do this. And there was much more of a sort of a focus on what used to go right in the good old days. Um, with these sandbelt courses, all the courses, all these clubs, the Royal Melbournes and the Victorias and Kingston East, they all had premises in a city, but as the city was expanding and growing out, they all sort of, serendipitously, if that's a word, moved out to the sand belt to great land and had Alistair McKenzie and Tanner and they just um, built these incredible courses and that happened to be in the 20s and 30s because they didn't have the big machines and they, they just had to use what God gave them and that tended to be a more sort of satisfying result and then as, as human nature comes along, we all thought we were better than we could do it God. better than, than <laughs> nature or God, if you like. And we yep, pushed all yep. this dirt around and put houses down the sides of the fairways. And, and it, it sort of got a bit all manufactured and man-made. But we've sort of we've taken a spin back to the right direction. And uh, as you say, golf courses are getting better and better. Well, Andy tested God today uh, yeah, on nice. the 18th. He, he stuck two onto the beach down here at Cape Wickham. Yeah, I wanted to hit one up from the beach. Yeah, he had a go and he left it on the beach. Yeah, it, it, 100, yeah, it, it 100 metres further no, down the line. It wasn't, Jeff, it wasn't impressive. It, was, it wasn't well, what did try, you, Thank you. Thank You've you. got to, If you come down, Jeff, you, you have to. If you hit one onto the beach, you can't just play like the semi-local rules, the Irish rule. You have to drop one no, uh, up there. there. You've got to play it off the beach, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, that's half. That's the point of the adventure. Right? Why play next to the beach if you can't go on there every now and then? Spot on. <laughs> Although, Jeff, I did hit it into the low uh, rolling breakers, so I would have been in about a foot and a half of water. <laughs> If I played it from where it lay, so I, I did take a little bit of a liberty with where I played. In the Happy to let you go with that. Hey, oh, this may be. Not sure your management of your playing partners. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, they were good. They were good in spirit. It's all, Dermot's always terrific, Jeff. He's very supportive uh, at times like that. So Have a crack, take it on. Oh, I don't know whether you got an answer to this question, but of the you know, let, let's go back to the turn of the century. So golf courses that have been built since you know since two thousand. 
Is there one of the new courses anywhere in the world, but, but if it happens to be here in Australia, even better, that, that you rate in your own book uh, more highly than any others? Uh, no. No, I mean, I still think um, the very best are 100 or so years old. I mean, I think the old course probably, it might not be to everybody's aesthetic, but it's the most incredible sort of, Thing that evolved out of time and it created the game that I mean, we all play golf because of the old course yeah, right. um, and that's three or four hundred years old so that's hard to sort of go past and I, I, the best are still sort of generally the top 10 or 15 in the world are generally sort of full, filled with courses built in the 20s and the 30s yeah. but saying that there's some incredible stuff as you said Cape Wickham is if it was 100 years old, we might look at it a bit harder, you know. Um, <laughs> Barnburg Good Dunes in Australia is fantastic, along with Lost Farm. There's the stuff at Bandon Dunes, which is in Oregon. Sand Hills, which is in Nebraska. Sand Valley in Wisconsin. There's some really, really, really amazing new stuff getting built. And perhaps in 50, 100 years, it's sort of grown a little bit of sort of, I don't know, 100 years of maturity and gnarliness and a few stories. And, and those great courses, it's more than just the physical thing there's there's it's like walking through the mcg you know the long room or something there's something there's the history of the room and there's the there's the feeling of the whole place and and those old places just have that um they do. Yeah. that you really can't capture new you know what i'm saying but yeah, yeah the new stuff is really there's some stuff there's some new stuff that's incredibly good have the have the uh, uh, Ability and the wonderful opportunity, Jeff, to go around Ireland and to, to see the the old castle keep sitting just on the side of the fairway at La Hinch and go to Bally Bunyan and Port Marnock. That yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. They're just it's just a beautiful trip through history to see these courses. Hey, can I? A question came up today, and there's I've heard several different angles as to why it is called as such. Why is a golf course? called a lynx in your opinion where does that come from in history well the story i've heard is that all these coastal towns in britain sort of are, are on the coast and then there's the sand dune sort of land and then the beach well so all the agriculture would happen on the other side of the town not the beach side because you couldn't grow any vegetables or get the cows to eat or the sheep to eat grass next because you couldn't grow anything sensible next to the beach so what did they do with it they sort of they built golf courses and it's the land that links the town to the to the water yeah to the arable farming land yeah perfect yeah Yeah, it links the it links the beach to the town so it's the links land and there should be more of them and uh, we got to play an absolutely magnificent couple in the last two days hey jeff thanks for indulging us with all of that sort of stuff we got you to on to have a chat about the sandbelt invitation we're looking forward to that uh you know i took the kids to follow grace kim at um at pk last year and um they have got a a, a sporting hero in their consciousness in her having done that you can get up close to these players as they wander the fairways on these great golf courses. It's a wonderful experience, and it's a really novel and terrific tournament. So over those four days, 19, 18, 19, 21, 22, sorry, 19, 20, 21, 22, uh, if you're in town and looking for you know something to do, uh, head on down to one of those courses and take it in. It's uh, well worth your while. Well done on pulling it together again. Thanks for joining us on the show. Good luck with it. Absolutely, guys. Thanks, guys.
Thanks, Jeff. Jeff Ogilvy, one of the greats. It's 26 minutes to five already. Uh, Corey Homicide Williams, the one and the only, going to join us in the next half hour of the show. Good. Nice work from you, Stone Cold. 24 minutes to five. Corey Homicide Williams uh, about to join us in the studio. We'll clear a break. Uh, what's that? Just a young lady here calling her Stone Cold. That's the nickname. Uh, to you it is. No, she loves it. Does she? Yeah, no, have you asked her if she loves it? What would we have? You're nicknaming her after a bald head. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> and you reckon she loves it. Has she had a chance to say, hey, Andy, I love that? Well, we've asked her and we... I think we go. Have her. you asked? No, her. we definitely have. We have. We've definitely done that. There you go. That's the ticket. <laughs> She's just coming. She's given us the thumbs up. There's no question about that. Very good, Stone Cold. Hey, there's a heap of stuff going in the world of the NBA, and particularly the NBL. What's going on up in Brisbane at the moment? Uh, God only knows. Corey Homicide Williams is going to join us after the break. We had Sam Worthington on the show. I uh, Sam McKinnon on the show not long ago, having stepped into the senior coaching role up there. All sorts of turmoil taking place at the Bullets. Well, there's been a change at the top there. Let's get a break out of the way when we come back. Homicide to tell us what the hell is going on up there when we return. Well, no, no, Gazy. You know, he's not here. He's playing golf up on the Gold Coast. Dermot is alongside me. We're down here in, on King Island. And the one and only Corey Homicide Williams for tyre power, nothing but net on Toyo tyres, is in the studio. It's always a bit of melancholy, uh, Homicide, at this time of the year. We get, we, this is the last time we will sort of you know, be together uh, in 2022. And there's a tinge of sadness that comes with that, my friend. <laughs> it's all good, my brother. You know why? We're going to reunite bigger, better, and stronger in 2023, baby. There is no doubt about that. <laughs> the love just gets deeper and more vibrant as every year goes by. Amen. Hey, hey I've got to say something. Yeah, yeah. Corey, there's very few men who can say baby on the end of a sentence. <laughs> He's one. No, not you, no, no, Andrew. No. You know what he said about me three weeks ago? That I had middle-aged drip. He said that, that I had middle-aged drip. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> That is one of the greatest compliments I've ever received in my life. <laughs> hey, Corey, tonight, uh, the Taipans who are going beautifully up against the Brisbane Bullets, who are not. What is going on uh, uh, up at the Bullets? We, we know what happened with Sam McKinnon a couple of weeks ago. We had him on the show with Gazy the day it happened. Uh, it didn't sound overly convincing, I've got to say. And now there's been another change up there. What's happening? I mean, this is the other side of sport. When you know, things aren't going well, heads get to rolling. First coach, James Duncan, did not do well in the beginning of this season after not doing well last season, so they let him go. At that point, Sam McKinnon steps in, GM now, head coach, coaches about three or four games. He now steps out of that role, back to GM <laughs> full-time, enter the interim head coach, which is assistant coach for the Brisbane Bullets, Greg Vanderjack who's coaching tonight on his first game, our former teammate, good luck, until the new head coach comes and steps in um, as the head coach. So it's a lot of turmoil and very unfortunate. They're a talented team, however, on paper. However, it just didn't manifest on the court. So, hey, Corey, yeah. In the world of basketball, has the, has the role that they play as coach, I mean, the title's the same, has the coaching changed over from, from Pat uh, Rolly, you know, 30, 40 years ago to what the coaches are dishing up now? Has that role changed? Like in, at Aussie Rules, they've changed as well. They delegate a lot more. Has the role of the coach in basketball changed? I think that, that is, there's two jobs in sport that's 
the most difficult jobs that I would I would stay away from. Me personally. That's yeah. a head coach and a general <laughs> manager. The guy that or the, the the person, guy or male or female, that puts together a team and the other person that needs to coach that team. Because if you do not motivate these players on a daily basis, practice mm. and the game, and can get the best out of these players on a consistent basis, you are in trouble. Okay? That's not easy to do. So it takes a, a experienced coach and a you know a coach that can connect with the players and the team and, and have that relationship and bond that can But that's the art of coaching. It's, very it's always been that way. It's extremely difficult. How quickly can you smell it as a player in a locker room, particularly the team, a, a sport like basketball, where you know there's only you know you've only got twelve guys, thirteen, fourteen on a roster. It's an intimate uh, environment being on a on a pro basketball team. I imagine if things aren't going well in the front office, how quickly can you smell that as a player? I mean, you can smell it. You can smell it. I've had bad um, personally. I've had bad front office scenarios, but the coach had our ear. You know, and, and as an import, to be honest with you, like you're a mercenary, so you don't have any time. You got to drown all that out and perform. So yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of these questions, like it didn't even matter to me because at the end of the day, there's no excuses next season when I'm looking for another job. You're going to be like, brother, did you perform or not? What are your numbers? That's what they want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is very, very true. I was just thinking about, Corey, how, That's very true. how you wouldn't take the head job I was well, just nah. thinking as well because it'd be pretty <laughs> hard for the bloke having the head job oh. uh, he, if he was out in the same nightclubs that uh, if he had that head roll that oh, he was out God. in the nightclubs that the players were in and he's doing a better job of that as well. I mean, you know, I, I can tell you this right now. If you're a head coach, the last place you want to be is where your players are at nighttime. Correct. How much are you looking forward to the game on Sunday afternoon? South East Melbourne Phoenix who are building and they're getting fitter and we had... Dane Pino on the show yesterday. What a what an impressive um, man basketballer he is. But Phoenix up against the Kings on Sunday afternoon, Corey. This this has got this has got big ticket postseason kind of matchup um, implications all over it. Worth the price of admission. There's there's a couple of names I'm going to say. Yes, please. But we're going to start with the guy I picked to be MVP of the league last year's Grand Final MVP. Then go to New Zealand League in the offseason MVP and is in great form right now. Xavier Cooks. Yes. But you know what? They lost last game and he didn't have an MVP performance, which is perfect for the scenario and the storyline. Because let me tell you why. <laughs> On the other hand, you got Wolf Creek, a.k.a. a front runner. To be honest with you, it's close. Some people have him. Andrew Gaze, the great one, has Mitch Creek as MVP of the league. Myself, Liam, we have Xavier Cooks. They match up Sunday. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Go on. <laughs> Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, they're going to handle Melbourne United tomorrow. Melbourne's cooked, right? Yep. They're going to handle yep. them tomorrow and then go on over to – I think Sydney goes home, I think. I think. I don't have the schedule in front of me. Don't don't quote me I'll on this. But they, yeah, 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 don't yeah. hold me to where they play. But regardless, that matchup right there, because this is what it, what comes down to. You can have two great players and they don't play the same position. It's hard to argue who's better. 
they play the same position, which means they got to guard each other. I love it. That's worth the is, price of admission. Is Mitch Creek the most – is he the most kind of you – know, your, your nickname's Homicide. Is he the most kind of cold-blooded, in-your-face kind of killer that there is in the NBL? When it gets – you know, you've got to eyeball the opposition and it becomes a force of wills as much as it does a force of talent, a, a battle of talent. Is Mitch Creek as imposing as any player in that scenario as there is in the NBL? Look – Mitch Creek is one of my favorite players for a reason. My favorite players, those types, they are exactly that. They can look you in your eye and you will look away because of the fear that they <laughs> yes. impose on the competition. Real talk. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. You won't look yep. Bryce in his eye. You won't look Mitch in his eye. You ain't looking Xavier Cooks in his eye. There's certain players you're not going to look in their eye. Yep. He's that guy. <laughs> right. Did you enjoy those moments as a player? I suspect you probably did. Course, one hundred percent. Yeah. Hold on, there's a couple other names I gotta I gotta okay. mention. Oh, sorry, you're going. Yep. Big Sauce Allen Williams is is the goods. That's the center for Melbourne United. That's all NBL talent. Not to mention Joe Chi is now healthy. Came off a double double last game. This team is stacked. Gary Brown is the leader at the helm, playmaker, decision maker down the stretch. He's the guy that's assisting in closing the games out. Making the right plays happen. That's why Ryan broke off. Healthy. This team is loaded. Trey Cal balling. But let's not forget the rest of the Kings. The defending champs for a reason. They lost their big trio. How are they still in first? You got to give credit where credit's due. Yeah, yeah, they on yeah. is balling. I yeah. said it before. What he is to Sydney. Is what CG forty three is to United. He is that important to their club. Yeah, yeah, and we know what it's been like in the middle of the table. It's been uh, it's been a roller coaster uh, for you know those last spots in the uh, automatic entry into the playoffs and with the play in uh, games this year. It's added a, a whole another dimension. The Perth Wildcats are right in the middle of all of that. They did what they did the other night, which is staggering. You know, oh my points. god, I mean it's unbelievable. For <laughs> oh my goodness, to do that. Where are they at right now in terms of the big picture? Are, are they sticking their nose into this one now at this time of the season as a potential champion team, or have they still got a way to go? Let me tell you something. In the beginning of the season, not even the season, I was in Jamaica in Ocho Rios sipping a coconut with rum in it, right? A rum coconut. Coconut water with rum on Ocho Rios chilling on vacation. I looked yes. into the camera. Something made me feel like I needed to speak to the people in Australia at that moment. What did I, I do? That. Press record. Actually, I told my daughter, Bella. She's in college. She was with me. Shout out to Bella. Bella was. I said, Bella, press record. I said to the people in Australia, I said, I'm telling you right now, the Perth Wildcats are winning the championship. Here's why. Here's why. Because they want to quickly erase yeah. the streak that was broken. So they're coming back with a vengeance. They have disappointed me this whole season. However, <laughs> however, I think they're on their way to turning it around. Because let me tell you something. They went to New Zealand, got the W. That ain't easy to do. New Zealand's in second place. 
They went to Adelaide, got the W. That ain't easy to do. Then they went home and won in unbelievable fashion against Melbourne United, who had the game. 37 seconds left. They are down nine. How do you win that game? <laughs> How do you win? I don't know. They but did it. They did it. <laughs> they did it. They did it. These are games. These are games that change your season. These type of things. We see it all the time in sports. It's we love the, you like... Hey, I yourself. love you too. <laughs> we have to let you go. Hey, to you and your people, have a great Christmas. Uh, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see you in 2023. And, and we keep in that I, same I, energy. We keep we in the same energy. No, we don't on. have to. You do it it's for us. Yeah. Well done, mate. Great to speak to you. Good on you. <laughs> Corey Robinson Williams for Tire Power. We're three pointers are worth four. Doyo Tires, buy three, get one free. He's a star, Tire isn't he? Power. Great to have, no, Dermot. Great to have uh, Robot Building Supplies and Sonos on board. And, of course, Berry BMW. Don't forget their pre-owned sale event is on this weekend. So go down there and have a look at there. And they've got a whole look at I think they've got 80 vehicles ready for purchase, which is unusual in this climate because... Probably 79 after you've torched one of them. <laughs> Can't be like that. I look after their cars very, very diligently and carefully, and I'll return them in pristine condition <laughs> after the... Magnificent opportunity I'm giving to drive. Remember that comment vehicle. before. Cash for comments. Yeah, go on. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> hey, let's move on. Yeah, we need to move on because we're joined by absolute greatness down here. And, yeah, we've spoken to Damien Fleming, Test Cricketer today, yeah. Jeff Ogilvy, Major yeah. Championship winner, Corey Homicide-Williams, a global basketball superstar. We've had it's – it's been a cavalcade of um, sporting greats, and you're here, of course, one of those, so you know what it's like to be you know, in the pantheon of great sports people in Australia. But Robin Wilson uh, dwarfs a lot of you, if I may say so. She's been good enough to join us on the show. Robin, lovely to see you. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. And thanks for looking after us yesterday at Ocean Dunes the way you did. Yeah. It was magnificent. Okay. Did, can you hear yourself? Yes. That's what's, it's, it's very disconcerting, isn't it? It That's is. That's what you sound like on the wireless. Do you, but don't stop talking because That's on radio we need you to keep talking. Right. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not very good radio if you stop talking. You, you, Some people would say it's better. We, we love when, it's, when it's you and I involved. Uh, we, we've made the uh, mistake on occasions uh, in the last couple of days of mentioning the two golf courses here on King Island and neglecting the original and the third, which has been here for 90 years, the King yes. Island Golf and Bowls Club. Yes. Uh, yeah. Are you? How many club championships did you win there? Um, I will have one in excess of 30, but I'm not really sure how many. How do you not know how many? Because there's more than 30, Andrew. <laughs> I wouldn't know exactly how many it was, Robin. I don't believe that you don't know how well, many it is. Well, the board hasn't been up to updated for a while, and we haven't played any for about the last 15 years, so I'm not sure. And you probably had a few gin and tonics after each win, wouldn't you? So that's reason to be fuzzy about it. Well, no, because I don't drink. I made myself very drunk once and I thought that was enough. Oh, tell us about that. (laughs) (laughs) I was very sick for a couple of days. I thought, that's it. We've spoken a lot about Ocean Dunes and and Cape Wickham on the show the last couple of days. We haven't had the opportunity to play the King Island Golf and Bowls Club. 90 years it's been around. Can you tell us the story? We we had a, a couple of beers there after the show yesterday, which was where we did the show from. And it's a, it's a, it's like a co-op. It's like a community facility, and it's run by the goodwill of of the locals. locals can, yes. you, can you tell us how it works? Um, well, we do have a manager there, and then most of the rest of the course is looked after by volunteers. I think the only thing they pay for is 
Um, somebody mows the greens a couple of times a week. Yep. And the bowls green, they that's volunteer as well. Um, there's a couple of guys that work really hard on that. So, yeah, we're really fortunate. So it survives on the to, to a large degree on the enthusiasm and volunteerism from locals. Yes, yes. Well, over the years, you know, years ago when the mine was in full swing, there was a greenkeeper then. Yeah. But as the population sort of diminished a bit, and, um, yeah, so they went back to basically volunteers. So tell us a little bit about the history of the place then. So you said the mine. We haven't talked about the mine. Just explain for the listeners what the mine is and what it, what it was and what it means to the people and what it is again now. Yeah, well, um, when I was... Um, in my younger years here, there was about 3,000 people and the mine used to employ 500. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, soldier settlers and the mine. Um, and that sort of opened and closed a couple of times. But early 90s, that closed. So that was made a big difference to the island. Yeah. And, um, you know, and everybody's just had to adjust um, to all of that. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, um, it's, it's, and it's great that it's starting again and... So um, what do they call it? It's, oh, it's, 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 a tung- it's tungsten mine. Tungsten. So, so yes. she liked it and they extract tungsten from it, which goes into the tungsten carbide tips of drills. Strength steel, right? Strength yeah. and yeah. steel, yeah. 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 And so it's up and running again. Somebody obviously came up with some new equipment and learned how to or discovered a new seam vein yeah. of it or well, whatever. Well, I think it's yeah. been 30 years since it closed and so they're hoping to have their first shipment next year. The, the, the golf club here that you've won somewhere in the vicinity of 30 to 40 club, club championship, you're not quite sure how many you've won, but you say that anyway. I'll take, I'll take you on face value. How, how important um, a community hub does a place like that become in a, in a place like King Island? I think it's very important, um, you know, somewhere for people to go to do something different. You mm. know, it's a bit of a shame at the moment. They're still look, looking for somebody so they can have a, an eating yeah, yeah, a restaurant yeah. there, which so will be great. A chef, So yeah. if there's a chef listening <laughs> and you want to have a great change of... Well, are you in a position to actually put somebody on at, at the club? If somebody was to come on, get on a flight on Southern Airlines and nick on down, so I'm a pretty good cook, I want to have the job at the Golf and Bowls Club? I think, I think they uh, would prefer that somebody came on and took... At on and as okay. their own right, business. Okay. Yeah, 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 sure. That's yeah. what they're looking for, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how good a golf club is it? Just as a matter of interest. Like the actual course. Oh, it's a great little nine holes links course, you know. Mm. Um, quite different to the others because most of the fairways are Kai Q, so they, you've got to, um, you don't get the run that you do on the other two courses. But, yeah, no, there's some fast, fantastic holes there. How, when you've, you've got a role out at Ocean Dunes, which is where we were yesterday. Yeah. Um, what sort of, um, what sort of impact you've been you've been here for for a while now on King Island? What sort of impact do you see Ocean Dunes and Cape Wickham in particular? These high end, globally um, recognised golf courses, both of them. What sort of impact do you see them having on the island? And what does the future of those two clubs and courses look like? Um, I'm the Ocean Dunes is just in the process of you know um, a sale. So, and the people that are um, intending to buy that uh, want to develop it into accommodation, and I'm assuming, you know, similar maybe to Lost Farm, sort of yep. that sort of a yep. model. Yep. Um, and I think once something like that happens here, that'll just take the whole thing to the next level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and it's crying out for that, do you think? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yes, yeah. definitely. From your standpoint, uh, Fella comes down, he plays golf with his, another mate, and they bring their wives, girlfriends, maybe kids. What maybe do they both, do? Maybe both. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> what do they do? 
Wait, while, the, well, while, the, while the lads are out playing golf, if the ladies don't play golf. Well, you know, I mean, it's rustic in a way, but there's, you know, there's so many lovely beaches and some great walks. Um, and then you've got the gin distillery and, and the brewery and, you know, all those things that people can go and visit. You know, it's, I mean, you haven't got your day's bars, all those things that some people want, but there's, yeah. but it's just sort of very natural. We were, when we were driving down to the course this morning, we saw this peacock just walk across Massive, the road. Massive, dirty big peacock just walked across the road. He had about 14 foot of tail hanging out the back, and he just walked across the road like he owned the the the, uh, the place. And, yep. and then I thought you might see one, you know, saying, oh, there's wild turkeys, turkeys here. Turkeys everywhere, mate. They're everywhere. You didn't see any of them for the first half hour. Yeah, no, I know, but then when I started looking up... <laughs> They are everywhere. They are. Years ago, when everybody had turkey for Christmas dinner, they used to disappear about this time of the year. <laughs> but, but people are much more affluent now and they don't have turkey for dinner. They probably have crayfish. What's the best thing about Puna King Island? Um, well, it's just lovely to... I mean, being a golfer on King Island yeah, is lovely because yeah. you can go and play golf and you're not waiting for 100 people in front of you. Mm. You know, there's... it's. Just fantastic, and you would have spent a we get spoiled. If, if you were stuck behind us today, you would have been waiting for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Well, you it know. just wouldn't go for an hour after you left. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's got a. Do you ever get sick of? Look, we're here at the boathouse now. Do you ever stop looking? Do you ever, do you ever have? Do you have days where you can actually, when you put your head on the pillow, you go, actually, I didn't look outside a window today. Do you, is there a day go by where you don't take this in? My husband's a fisherman, and I usually walk around here of a morning. Um, and, he'll, and I'll go home and he'll say, what was the sea like today? And I'll go, hmm, I didn't really look at it. Yeah, but I yeah, always yeah. walk down to the sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Good. He, Good. Yeah. so yeah. there is that time when you do that. Um, thanks for having us here. It's no been worries. a joy. The hospitality of everybody um, here on King Island towards all of the people who have come over for as part of the SEN trip has been, um, been magnificent. You were there yesterday um, helping us out yeah. at Ocean Dunes and um, it's been a joy. So... Um, Thank you for having me. Do you want to tell the boys they need to take more crayfish out of the ocean as well? We didn't get enough no, last night. Do, can you just, before you do, how many club championships, really? I don't know. Oh, is that right? Yes, oh, no, I'm okay. serious. Right, right. Uh, Rob, thanks for coming on. Good <laughs> thanks on very much. Robin Wilson, part of the <laughs> magnificent Rob. family down here on King Island. And they make you feel a million bucks every single time you come down here. Um, don't come down for one night. Come down for a couple. Uh, there's, there's, uh, there's things to do outside of just being... Uh, a keen golfer and as a few of the locals have told me that sort of show I think they call it the shoulder season derm I'm not sure what that actually means but um, April, May, June is a magnificent time but the locals tell me to come on down here the particularly shoulder season. The shoulder you don't season. know what shoulder season is uh, North Peak, is that what it means? It's sort of off You're peak. a skier aren't you? A skier? Yeah, you a ski. snow skier? Yeah. No, terrible hey? It's horrible. Don't people from Clifton Hill go no, ski? No, no I thought that'd be no, right up your that's alley. No, you're, we're down in Brighton where you live. That's your <laughs> game. Mentone you get, Beach. You, yeah, Brighton. <laughs> Franger. Poor man's bro. Don't you? You are so far not from Frankston As anymore. If. You are one of the great Frankston sellouts. Yes, you you have this. You wear your Frankston heritage like a badge of honour, but you are so not Frankston now. I am in Frankston three days a week. Tag oil watch Three days. That's a really good one. That's covered covered in designer clothes. That's the now defunct. Don't change the Tiger Woods links. Because he was, because Mate. of his infidelity, they took his sponsorship off him. A scary man. You imagine what some sportsmen do to lose their sponsorship. He only did the wrong thing by his wife, and they said that's terrible. Cop a million, well, couple of million bucks hit. 
Yeah, well, that's not to be celebrated. It's not celebrating, but I'm saying for some things that people do. There's no way, as scary a man as you think you are, there's no. Back in the day, you probably were, not anymore. You're a bit decrepit these days. Softest butter. But there's no way you're wearing that watch walking through Frankston. There are no chance you're doing that. You're going to get not. You're probably wearing my Rolex. It's a quarter past five. I'm always in French. I play cricket there with my mates, my childhood mates. How's it going, by the way? The heavy all month. They going all right? Yeah, the ones are going good. Yep. Yeah, we're we're just. We've only played three games. We've won two. Yeah, nice. Lost one, but we were bowled out for 60-something in that one game. How is suburban cricket going at that level? Is it? Does it feel healthy to you? Hard to get numbers? placed. One thing I have noticed. Yeah. When you and I were kids at the local cricket club, yeah. and there was a couple of blokes had to go away, whatever, for whatever reason, you would crawl over hot coals to play in senior cricket. Oh, you couldn't wait to and, get a second game in a And Saturday. if you were setting up your school, your, sorry, your your end-of-year holidays as a grown man when yeah. you were playing cricket. Yet, no, darling, we can't leave on our holidays that day because the day before, the day after you were proposing to leave is the second day of our game. You, you, you scheduled everything around your cricket season. Mm. Mm. No, they just go now. People just go. It was a badge of honour back in the day. As a kid, remember those when you're playing the under-14s or under-16s? To play seniors. Oh, and you said, oh, hey, listen, yeah. we're, we're one short in the thirds or we need you in the seconds yeah. this week. Um, can you step up? Can you, can you give us another Saturday, another game? You play Saturday? against men in, as a junior cricketer, yeah. It was a badge of honour, that but, sort but, of stuff. But the senior cricketers now, like you, you'll have somebody who is really needed by the, the, the team and you're playing in firsts or seconds and they are vital to the team. I can't play week two. I'm I'm going to a wedding. Uh, oh right, who's uh, are you in the wedding party? Uh, no, it's my partner. Uh, uh, she's she's friends with uh, the cousin of the person uh, getting married, and we've been invited by extension. Uh, so I'm going to, and you just go. How can you do that? <laughs> we used to say, no, I'm not going to the wedding. Uh, I'll be there at six fifteen no, after you, the that's last. That's exactly ball's right. Bowled. Yeah, and hopefully you walk in. So I got I took six for forty two, or you <laughs> yes. you made seventy five not out and got your team over the line, and you become the world's bit, changed. I don't like what it's become, Dermot. I don't like Gee, what it's I'm, become. I'm, I never thought I'd heard you go down that that line. But oh, good on you for saying it. Oh, on, oh, Can we run a tape over that? I don't like what the world's become. It's 17 minutes. Jeez, you've done a bit of changing of it too. It's 17 minutes, but I'm trying to change it for the better. Uh, Dermot, uh, King Island. Uh, yep. We are sitting here in Curry Harbour in the boathouse and what a magnificent place it is. To uh, we're just about done. Not a boathouse. It's called the, a boathouse. The You're boat lovely. House. Yeah. So this is what they do here. It's it's a magnificent old boathouse. It's mm-hmm. an old shed that was burnt down. They restored it you know, to, with, you know, to, to operating levels. You bring your own food in here. You organise a, a group. You, the door's always open. There's cooking facilities out there. You sort of just arrange that, you know, we'd like to come in and use the Should use you the be budget. saying this? You told me off yesterday for saying people don't leave their keys in their car. They no, leave the car door open. And, and you said, oh, every hood will be down there robbing <laughs> stuff. So should you be <laughs> saying this? It doesn't happen on King Island. There's no thieves. <laughs> and they'll King find Island. out if two come down on the aeroplane, one from Franger and <laughs> yeah, one you'll, from you'll, you'll Clifton able, Hill. You'll be able to see. You'll be able to tell the one from Franks and from <laughs> the one from Clifton Hill. There's no question But apparently that. I'm not from there anymore, according <laughs> you to you. Not, so you're you under the microscope. Go on. So you, it's a communal. Yeah, and you can bring your own stuff down here, your food and drink and whatever, and you can have a beautiful function in the place. And all I ask you to do is clean it up um, after you go. And it's we had a magnificent dinner in here last night. We were very well looked after with crayfish yep. entree and the steak uh, as the main course. And it was magnificent. Anyway, I do digress. That's where we're coming from. Yeah. Just the last couple of minutes, 
we're going into the sort of festive season and clubs are back and um, ramping up their, their pre-season training and open days and the whole box of nice. What were you doing? Can you remember what your what what your thought process, what your focus points Mid-December. were? Mid-December? Yeah. What were you thinking about as a footballer? So 25 past five with the time distance. Probably in a nightclub in LA somewhere or... <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, so, so what? No, no, no. no, there, no there, what? Look, there is a fallacy that back in the 80s and 90s, today's athletes, I mean, the modern game is devised to beat teams the way they played in the 80s and 90s. Absolutely accept that. But the time trials we did, the training we did, the, the, the amounts we lifted, they are absolutely identical mm. to this day and age. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I mentioned the other, yesterday about how teams are getting older that are winning premierships. That's because we've learned as a sport to utilise the interchange bench better yeah. and players are getting less physically ta- taxed in a long-term uh, scenario. They still get taxed out on the ground you know, on the day. But so we've extended the life of players and so their window of Top football yeah. is greater yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you take it back to the absolute training, we trained exactly as hard. How many days a week would you be expected to be in the cl- at the club? We were very fortunate, my, my team under Alan Jeans. He knew he had the best team. So, and he said, you've got to train your minds as well. We were expected, once you'd played more than 30, 40, 50 games, you were expected to turn up on the first Monday in January. Yep. Uh, Training fit, ready, ready to go. for yep, the yep, yep. five nights, and was grueling. So from five January, nights. you're locking into that sort of program. Yep, 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 you yep. just all bets are off. Can I go to such and such's wedding or whatever? No, you can't. Okay, right, if, yep. It's it's got to be, you know, one of the non-training nights or a Saturday, which it predominantly was. Um, but you were you were locked in. So jeans would give off to the established players. All the time, mm. from the last game, whenever it may be, finals, knockout or grand final, you were given off until the first Monday in January, but you were expected to turn up close-ish, close enough to your best time trials. You had to present like that, and if you didn't, you didn't get that luxury yeah, yeah, the yeah. next year. Yeah. So he would trust players. And this whole fallacy, oh, you blokes used to drink and blah, 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 blah. It's it's a fallacy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, you'd see blokes, and a, a once every six months would be heard about, and that's what we'd focus. People like you in Maria in <laughs> in football, football. What that was, was it? Diarrhea, and that was in the truth. What were you in? No, no, inso- what was your column inside, called in Inside Footy? Oh, Mar something. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, but yeah, yeah so well, gossip read, columns. Very highly read. Column. Yeah, it wasn't a. That gossip, was back when you were a, a blokey's bloke. You know, be, <laughs> before before. <laughs> Oh, Before you turned oh, on us, yeah, when you were back, here you we were go. like Oscar Madison out of the odd couple, you know, <laughs> the sports reporter, <laughs> Felix and Oscar. Back when you were that, but uh, 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 you're well, mucking I've around. Evolved, I've evolved, him. Yeah, I've evolved. Not for the better. <laughs> I wish you had it. You'd be a better person. If you had it. Uh, it's been a joy to be down here the last couple of days. Uh, we've had an absolute blast down here at King Island. And regardless of what we I do like your company. Yeah, you you can much. be trying, but yeah. <laughs> don't, you, you, don't play golf with him, folks. If you ever get the opportunity, he will just Have torture you on a golf go. course. Thanks to the crew at Southern Airlines. They've been magnificent. It never be rocks. They put us up. Uh, it's been magnificent. To everybody down at King Island, they made us feel more than welcome down here. It won't be the last time we're down here. And, 
if you're a lover of nature or golf, uh, you'd be mad not to put this very high up on your hit list.